Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phantopological, the podcast that explores the breadth of human fandom. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be exploring the question, should fandoms be political? Here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. Hey! And Nick Z. Uh, hoi hoi. So, gentlemen, should we keep politics out of fandom? I use these words lightly on the podcast because as the editor, I have to edit them out, but fuck no! <laughs> politics absolutely belong in the media that we consume because so much of the media that we consume, the fandoms that we participate, are implicit systems that we just assume that's the way the world works. We learn how things work from the media that we watch, whether it's intentional or not. So absolutely, it should be political. It should help us change the world. More fucking gay characters. More She-Ra. More She-Ra. More, more everything. That's just the example that I have in, in my head right now. I mean, I, it's even like, it's not even should it be. It is. Everyone should be aware of that. Yeah. But I see it time and time again. Could we keep the politics out of, out of this, this fandom, out of this forum, please? I just want to enjoy my show. I was like, well, I'd like to keep politics out of it, but you decided that the doctor being cast as a woman was political for some reason. So no, now we're talking about politics. That's a particularly egregious example because it's like, oh, I'm sorry. We have a character that can literally be anyone. And half of the, well, like a rough approximation is half of the population identify as women. So like, we're just going to not cast half the possible people. Like, why, why would you do that? Doctor Who is the perfect show to do that. It is. You could do literally anything with Doctor Who, but people were bad because they colored outside the quote lines. But there will be an episode of the show where I don't bring up Doctor Who immediately, <laughs> but this is not that episode. Yeah, it, it's interesting because like I could understand the idea that people might want to consume media and not think about it. There are times in our lives when everything is too much and we just want to enjoy something. We don't want to have any particular message I don't know, driven into our heads or whatever. But even in the cases where you're you're like playing a game that quote doesn't have a message or doesn't have a political stance or something, it does. It's just the one that's been normalized, just the one that is, I don't know, the default story, the the white story or the monomyth. Oh, like the story of the hero or whatever? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of games are like, this is the story that you have to that you have to tell about the hero, because this is the only way that heroes can grow up. They have to like start with a problem and then they encounter the magical world and then the whatever. I can't I I haven't read it all. There's like eight steps or something. I mean, try to argue that Mario is not systematically dismantling a nepotistic dictatorship. Which one? <laughs> All of them. I mean, in general. I was thinking, thinking of Mario World in particular, but it works for a lot of them. Uh, the RPGs might might make a little more nuanced. Actually, I was thinking about Final Fantasy when you said JRPGs, but for some reason I went straight to Dungeons & Dragons. Sure. Um, I remember reading through the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide, and it assumes that you kill whatever you come across. Oh. That's just built into the rules of the game. It's just assumed that you'll like defeat whatever enemy... And that's that. I think they also make non-lethal stuff easier, so that's always an option. But like the default assumption is that you kill things, and it's okay to kill things because the things that you kill are typically evil, which already has a lot of problems. But that's just one way that it normalizes the idea of like violence as a solution to problems. I think that's so interesting. Because, like especially like the games that I played. Like we played, we were playing not that long ago, and and the DM was like, "These these four people appear. I want you to roll initiative." And we're like, "Why? What's going on?" <laughs> He's like, oh, they have weapons drawn. It's like, oh, okay. We're definitely not not a default like destroy being that comes into our field of view, which uh, is a far cry from the from the old beer and pretzels style. Yeah, 
But I mean, like that that shows up in like pretty much any other game that you you play too, right? Like when you're playing a game, most games assume that the only way to advance is to like usually kill, but otherwise defeat somebody. There's no other options to move forward. There's not a lot of games like Undertale that say you don't have to hurt someone to progress. And like Undertale is a fantastic game and everyone should play it. It's not super long. I think you can beat it in like four to eight hours or something. Mm. But like, is anybody complaining that Undertale is political because you can choose to not kill people? That was a revolutionary concept. <laughs> well, it's kind of a deconstruction of like the RPGs of the past and and telling you that like what you're doing matters, like what you're doing has consequence to it. And the game is making you reflect on that, which games do not normally do. I mean, I think people would probably not consider Undertale a particularly political game because, you know, it's not the, it's not like you're a Democrat going into the Republicans or something <laughs> like that. You know, it's not like outwardly about this party or that party or this social system and that social system. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you make a good point. Like few things like that on the surface are overtly political. You're not mm-hmm. seeing like <laughs> Mario is a registered Democrat or anything like that <laughs> so when people say like like oh can we keep the politics out of it like on, on service level a bunch of st- a bunch of media is apolitical but like as soon as you drill down as soon as you start like applying a level of of criticism to the media you <laughs> see what its views are on a lot of different things that that are encapsulated within it and from that you can almost instantly draw a type of politic and then you get in you get uh, people who would uh, say to that well it's just a game or it's just a TV show. Yeah, it's it's just a game where you murder different people and that's part of the game. It's just a movie where like certain groups of people aren't represented, whether that be like, gay or black or uh, non-binary or, or whatever. It's not like it's any one action that is a problem. It's like a whole bunch of combinations of things. I hope this isn't a spoiler for She-Ra. It's been out for a while and this isn't from the latest season, but like at some point you run into uh, Bo's parents and they're both men Mm -hmm. and the show doesn't make any efforts to try to explain that or give any about it at all. It's just Bo has two dads. That's it. It's not a political statement in the sense that they aren't introduced with pride flags (laughs) and overt stereotypes of what, what gay people are like. They're just there. And that's it. And some people are like, this is a political statement. It's like, what is political about it? (laughs) Yeah. People tend to use the shield of politics as like, I don't like this, so it must be political and therefore bad. Yeah, you got politics in my peanut butter. (laughs) Because Because I was immersed before I saw something I disagree with or something... Uh, that wasn't a straight white guy. Like, as soon as it's not all straight white guys, it's like, oh, it, this was a diversity thing or a mandate or something like that. But no, shows are slowly starting to reflect more what the world actually looks like. Not even just shows. It's been really eye-opening being on Twitter. Um, I don't, I don't generally cosplay, and I'm only really getting started doing some photography with that. But the number of threads on Twitter about um, photographers who like don't take pictures of of black or darker skin cosplayers, whether it's intentional or not, doesn't matter. It's that they don't. Well, why is that? That's political. Whether it's because they choose not to do that, or because you know they're led to believe that it's less valuable, that still happens. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, that uh, people don't on the service level see as being political, but like omission, Mm -hmm. you know, think about what's not there. And that's that's a virtue of we have so much media now we hold we you know, we want the media that we consume to be of of a good 
quality. And oftentimes we do want it to reflect our politics. Cause like it, it is actually easy to forget like that what is being portrayed is is political if if you agree with it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. It just seems correct. It just seems like you're watching a show that it's on the same wavelength as you, which if it's very specifically tuned to the very specific wavelength you're on, can be like a real wow moment. Like, oh, this thing gets me like no other no other show has. This is incredible. But a lot of times, if it like if it just like generally reflects your uh, your values and stuff, you'll just be like, it is a show, right? And that's that's probably such a big reason why so many people claim that things are political. Because I say this as a white person, as a straight white person, because so much of the content that I consume is like, oh yeah, it's it's palatable to like me, so. It agrees with my politics. I mean, it doesn't. A lot of it doesn't. <laughs> but like the, the general idea that it, like this is palatable does, which is unfortunate because there's so many other aspects of people's lives and in fandom where we want this to push us forward. We want this to help us like grow and, and change. And so it's like, well, why don't we make these small changes in, in like the fun stuff that we watch? It's like, no, that's, that's too far. <laughs> Some people have a really hard line about what enjoying media means to them and then to some people it's like a holistic it cannot i cannot be doing work i cannot be putting effort in i cannot be trying to learn something i just want to watch the office it's that's like the worst thing that i can think of because there's so there's so much so many bad things in that it hasn't aged well but i feel like the office fandom is like most notable for just like watching it ad infinitum which would you know if you like it fine I don't know, some people are very are very like if I'm watching if I'm watching stuff, if I'm playing stuff, it's only so I can have a good time and escape from like, I don't know, I work like like I work or like shit that's going on with my family or whatever. Some people have it as purely an escape. So when it, their political hackles get raised, they're like, What? I thought we were having a fun time. It's weird so how many things like interrupt people's fun time that are like generally non issues. Especially because especially when you're dealing with fiction. Mm-hmm. In a lot of stories the the like color of the character's skin probably doesn't matter the relationship whether they're heterosexual or or homosexual or something else that doesn't matter like how they present themselves shouldn't matter animal crossing does not give a shit (laughs) you can pick whether you're like a it doesn't say boy or girl it has like a an icon but that doesn't matter you can wear whatever clothes you want nice and like (laughs) why would that matter anyway Next step, boys can wear makeup in Pokemon Sword and Shield because they can't right now. DLC time. <laughs> I have a feeling that won't be some of the DLC that's I, released. I don't I'm think not, so. Not due to politics. How about instead of the 400 other Pokemon in the Pokedex, you just let boys wear makeup or have non-binary characters? I feel like the series tacitly but not explicitly has non-binary characters. I mean, Bede. Oh, Bede, for sure. Standing there in the trans flag. Bede says trans rights. They say anything. Maybe to turn this question on its head and ask a different question, why shouldn't fandom be political? Is there any reason why it shouldn't be political? (sighs) There's some people who who don't think of themselves as being political, which is impossible. But (laughs) uh, like everything is politics. That's that's the conclusion of this episode, by the way. (laughs) Everything is politics. Everything is politics. Think about the systems that you are part of, that you don't choose to be part of, but are part of, and the choices that they make people make. Oh, I wish there's like a really good article about systems and like monopoly. Does this ring a bell for anybody? Unfortunately, no. Okay. The gist of it is that like 
people play Monopoly and Monopoly has rules and you follow those rules because that's the game. And at the end of the game, when one person has all the money, because that's how the game works, you're like, is that person a bad person because they have all the money? No, they're not a bad person, but those are the rules of the game. And when you expand that to like your consumption of media or like the way, I don't know, our education or policing or whatever systems work, you're like, why, why do, why are things like this? And it's like, cause these are the rules that we have in place. And if you can change the rules, you change the outcomes hmm. to your point. It's like, everything is a political act. I feel like, I feel like ultimately it's, it's about self-identity. You know, if you enter, if you enter a fandom or you know, becoming really interested in a thing and you see, you start seeing political arguments erupt on, on the relevant forums or relevant communities. And you, and you think to yourself, well, how do I feel about this because of this show? And then you realize that you, you had opinions you didn't know you had, or have you, or you had opinions that you, that you don't think are as popular as you might've thought. Then you're, you're going to be resentful of the politics for making you realize that about yourself. But ultimately it's just a matter of, of examining why you consume what you consume and watching it with a critical eye. Yeah, like when you're reading Harry Potter and one of the characters <laughs> is named Cho Chang, um, think about why that is as opposed to any un- number of like real names. <laughs> or if you're a fan of horror and uh, you'd like Lovecraft, think about why he named his cat the way he did. What the fuck? All right, I gotta do this. I gotta check this out now. Uh, so Lovecraft, kind of a racist. And as we've, as we've talked about in other episodes, like you can still enjoy p- the work of bad people, but think about how the media that you consume informs other things in your life. Maybe the name of Lovecraft's cat doesn't impact your love of horror or how you see the, the human psyche or whatever, but you might notice that those references kind of creep in in other ways. There's a component of like, well, like, like I don't like what this author's saying anymore. J.K. Rowling's a turf now, so I'm not going to give her any more money by spending money on Harry Potter. That is a fact. But like, in terms of like more more historical things and examining work of problematic people, like be aware of how they're problematic and the ways in which that could you know creep into the work because you know the work doesn't exist in a vacuum, no matter how much you want it to be. Yeah, um, kind of on that line. There's been a lot of really interesting discourse about shows like mm. uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine which yeah. is like a funny show about cops, but like many cop shows, maybe it doesn't portray the actual life of cops. And I don't mean in that it, it's like unflattering or something like that. I mean, it, it like, uh, it glamorizes certain behaviors. There's a really like chilling statistic that I read about, I think it was like violent crime or, or like human crime and property crime. And it showed like the statistics of how often those kinds of cases are solved. And the numbers are low. <laughs> like they're really really low like one of them was only like 22 percent or something it was bad and you watch shows like uh, brooklyn 99 or other shows about police officers and you'd be like oh they get this they, they solve this stuff all the time maybe they don't but the show makes you believe that maybe they're better than they are yeah sorry guys brooklyn 99 quote <laughs> is political now it is political they've they've had several like uh what are they called almost like after school special episodes like like issue episodes yeah, like the one where Terry gets pulled over by another cop. Yeah. Uh, because he's black. And the officer is like, well, if I would have known you're a cop, then I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that guy is not reformed. Yeah. Um, or the episode where, where Rosa comes out. Or yeah. One, or like any of those episodes where there's like that, that bonding with her family after that. I don't know. Don't be ruled by <laughs> the idea of thing bad. Just like 
maybe figure out why. There's this idea when you meditate, thoughts naturally come up and you, you're not thinking about them. You're just aware of the thoughts and just be aware of all the stuff. Yeah. And if being aware of all that stuff makes it too difficult to watch or read or play, then maybe you stop watching, reading, or playing. Uh, so that's going to wrap it for this episode. Um, if you would like to weigh in on this episode's discussion, you can certainly do so emailing us at nick at the nickatthenixcast.com or uh, check us out on Facebook at Phanthropological or on Twitter at Phanthropologic. Uh, if you want to know what the three of us are up to, check out at the Nixcast basically anywhere on the internet. And as for us individually, I am a synth musician and you can find all of my stuff over at fragileair.bandcamp.com or if you search Fragile Air on the music streaming service of your choice. If you want to know what I'm up to, you can check out my other podcast, The Zeal Archives, where every week we cover a bit of the world of Chrono Trigger. That releases on weeks opposite to Phanthropological on Thursdays. It is part audio drama, part discussion of the world of Chrono Trigger, and 100% love of the greatest game ever made. You can find that at zealarchives.com, or you can follow it on Facebook or Twitter, both at Zeal Archives. And as for me, you can uh, go over to any Amazon of your choosing. Hopefully that's not too political for you to do. And type in <laughs> go make Jeff Bezos a trillionaire <laughs> type into that search bar Beowulf a mostly modern verse translation or if you uh, want to be a little bit uh, a little bit more challenging you know, challenge yourself that kind of thing type in NSC Zakharowitz and that's uh, Beowulf translation will show up for you alright that is going to do it for this show thank you so much for listening everybody and until next time we'll talk to you next time goodbye everybody <laughs>